Okay, now we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, creeps. Hi, 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 hello, hi. Happy Thanksgiving, all of our American listeners. Or the raping and pillaging of North America. Yeah. I'm thankful for. <laughs> no, we had this conversation. Um, no, we didn't. Not the raping and pillaging one. Huh. Uh, yesterday, or not this morning on the way to work, because yesterday I forgot my phone after dropping Dulce to work and I was forced to listen to actual radio for the first time in years and years. Yeah. And I'm not from here, so I don't know like what the, you know, good radio stations are or whatever so i just tuned into some random one and it was like i can't remember what was playing but it was like rock and roll so i was like oh this will do and then i listened to a competition for like 15 minutes the whole way back home no more music (laughs) and i was just thinking at the time i am very thankful that we don't have to listen to the stupid ramblings of random DJs, we can like pick who we choose to listen to or not. Yeah. So that's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> um, what am I thankful for? I I don't fucking know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, um, I'm, I'm thankful for the same thing every year. I'm thankful for uh, my family. Uh. I'm thankful that I have a solid support system um, that hasn't failed me uh, yet. I'm not going to put them on the pedestal because to do so would be very unfair as we are all human and fallible. Okay, well, I was just being superficial. Didn't want to get all deep. Um, <laughs> just anyway. a thought. <laughs> I just on top of, just on yeah. top of my head, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah, I do not celebrate Thanksgiving, so this is just food on the weekday for me. Indeed. Um, But you get to contribute this year with your um, dad's garlic potatoes. Ah, yes. Potatoes. It's just cheese and carbs. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, fat and carbs. Yeah, fat and carbs. So anyways, let's get into it, shall we? Please. I have a story for you. I should hope so. <laughs> like, oops, uh, my cat <laughs> ate my homework. <laughs> Look at her. Of course she did. She's plump, y'all. Y'all need to know this. Yeah, we have a very overweight cat. She's not overweight. She fucking is. She's just plump. Festively plump. Festively. <laughs> All right. And it goes like this. And it goes like... So... Today we're getting familiar with Armin Maywees. Are you familiar with that name? No. Are you Ma- pronouncing it properly? <laughs> it doesn't sound like a real I'm name. I'm pretty sure it is. Like I, Before I researched it, I got on the Google and did the whole pronunciation thing and, and said it was Maywees. Maywees. And if you hear any noise throughout this it's just our smaller cat who's a pain in the ass and he's just rambling around fucking shit up doing what he does best all right so his name is armin mywees sounds good okay so he's from germany cool and he was born on december 1st 1961 a fine year he's a sagittarius he had two older or has two older half brothers Uh, from his father's previous relationship at the age of eight the family fell apart when his father abandoned him or them and he was raised by a mother who was domineering and would berate him in public this affected him in a big way Uh, Armin grew up on the countryside of Germany where animal slaughtering was a normal thing to witness, you know? Yeah. Being out in the country. Uh, but this began mingling with his sexual fantasies that he started to develop. Around the same time, he also fantasized about having a younger brother that he could bind to himself forever by consuming him. Like he wished he had a younger brother. 
Okay, so he wanted a younger brother so that he could eat him. So he could never be alone. Yeah. Kind of like Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of sad. But wait, but he wanted to eat him though, right? Yes. That was like the ultimate uniting of two souls for him. Anyways. Wow, yeah. He even made up an imaginary brother named Frankie who listened to him. I would imagine that he probably played pretend with this imaginary brother of his that he would consume him. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was the imaginary brother that kept on giving. As an adult, he worked as a computer repair technician, but you can't call him anymore for your IT problems. Ha <laughs> <laughs> You might know him by his other aliases, though. The Rottenberg Cannibal or Der Metzgermeister, the Master Cannibal. No, I've, I don't think I've ever heard this. Okay. Rottenberg. Is that the name of a place, a, a real name? Yeah. Rottenberg. All right. So this, this next section I call Looking for Love. My Wheeze posted an ad in a now inactive website called Cannibal Cafe. This was a website for people who had cannibal, sadomasochistic, and torture fetishes. I'm actually familiar with that website. Maiwi's ad read that he was looking for a normally built blonde man anywhere from 18 to 30 to be slaughtered and consumed. Side note, people, you know, there there were people who posted ads that were looking for you know, willing to victims. Consumed, yeah. And these willing, vic- willing victims would also post their own ads looking for people to consume them. Yeah, yeah. So these people would be dubbed, like within the community, as cows. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Oh. Codename cow. Mm-hmm. All right. So he had some takers, but they all chickened out at the last minute. Which Maywees or Maywees, I'm going to keep saying Maywees. Uh, yeah. He was cool with that, you know. Uh, these prospects would meet Maywees in his home to be tied up by their feet and marked on their bodies, like to indicate the different cuts of meat. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like literally being very meticulous about this, but they would end up just calling it quits, you know. Yeah, I think for a lot of these people. It, that's all like the game and the the like that's basically their like foreplay right well i mean these people would agree to be consumed yeah, yeah you know so like if they were um if that's all it was for them then why would they answer the ads you know what i'm saying like it's as if they're trying to push themselves and see how far yeah they I actually I see want that. this to go you know? yeah yeah all this would happen in Maiwee's homemade slaughterhouse, which was a room lined with mattresses for soundproofing and an old metal patio table in the middle that allowed blood to drain onto the floor. The reason Maiwee's was cool with the bailouts from, you know, the people who would come to his house was because it didn't count to him unless the victim was willing. So he was like, as soon as they were like, nah, I'm good. Like, that was it for him. He's like, I'm not... He, my Wiz was like, okay, I'm not into this either. Yeah, I get it. Because if they're going to be his, like, willing victim in the afterlife, once he is forever his, or once they are forever his. Yeah, I mean, you know? I just feel like this is all very mentally complex. Because it's very different in, like, the way a rapist would be. It's the polar opposite. Yeah, yeah. You know? But I get it, though, as well. It's like he, he doesn't want someone to fear him. He wants someone to look up to him almost. You know? It's it's like he's looking for the ultimate love, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. you love me, to me so much to sacrifice yourself to me and become one with me. Wow. Because, you know, obviously rapists aren't looking for love. But yeah, this yeah. Maiwis, it seemed like it was a really twisted form of love that he was looking for. All because his mom was, was cold and his dad left him. And I think it's because, like, 
there i obviously had i feel like there had to have been like some genetic shit going on too but um like if he's going through puberty developing these feelings in his loins and at the same time he's watching animals being slaughtered i think that can fuck you up yeah yeah maybe i guess if like it's the if right it's the genetic right, cocktail yeah, yeah, yeah. you know no so offense anyway. country folk and apparently um there is a lot of there were a lot of cannibal uh, or websites that catered to cannibalism and willing participants of cannibalism and after this story came out even more ended up popping up so that was a cultural effect of this particular story right right. anyways it's really back the ball didn't get rolling until 43 year old burned jurgen armando brandes responded with i am your meat to the ad in march 2001 Brandis prepped for the meetup date by making a will that left all of his possessions to his lover. So he had... Yes. A little about Brandis. Okay. His parents died while he was barely a teen, you know, when he was growing up. He was an openly bisexual man who frequented a male prostitute named Emmanuel. According to Emmanuel, on every visit, Brandis' request for violent sex got more and more extreme. He also said that Brandis mentioned that he wanted Emmanuel to cut off his penis for him. But he just thought it was a part of the fantasy. Like He wanted Emmanuel to cut off his penis. His Like, not Emmanuel's penis. He wanted Emmanuel to do the cutting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he wanted Emmanuel to cut off. Brandis wanted Emmanuel to cut off Brandis's, Brandis's penis. penis. Yeah. Yes. He was like, all right, cool. And he brought a knife and like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pretend to cut yeah. your penis. Uh-huh. All right, cool. But, you know, obviously not. Yeah. So here we are revving up to the main event. The two made a videotape on March 9th, 2001 in my Weez's home located in Wostfeld. Wostfeld. Sorry, Germans. Uh, the video showed Maiwis amputating Brandis's penis before the two men tried to eat it together. I say try because Brandis could not eat it on account of it being too chewy. Oh, so he cut it off though? Yes. Jesus. Well, Brandis had suggested that because Maiwis, uh, initially Brandis had suggested that Maiwis bite off his penis but when that didn't work, Maiwis had to use a knife. I can't imagine biting through any piece of a human is going to be easy. It was like a muscle, right? Yeah. But like you would you would think after having it cut off, like did they cook it or anything? So uh, Maiwis did fry up the penis with salt, pepper, wine, garlic, and some of Brandis's fat. But he ended up overcooking it. Are you fucking serious? He ended up feeding it to his dog because it was too burnt. He did that on purpose. I guarantee he got scared. He got freaked out and he was like... I don't think so. I think it was just his first time cooking human flesh and he fucked it up. Yeah, but I mean, you're not going <laughs> to fucking like burn it to the extent where you you can't eat it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, this is something you've waited your whole life for. Oh, I'm not. I mean, you're right. I absolutely <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> Anyways, before all this went down, Brandis had previously taken 20 sleeping pills and downed an entire bottle of cough syrup. I think it was probably like codeine cough yeah, syrup. going to be out of his fucking head. Yeah. Sitting there like Lil Wayne. After his penis was removed, he began to slowly bleed out. That was the plan. Uh, Maywees, or Maywees, Jesus, <laughs> ran a bath for Brandis and, you know, put him in there and for, basically for Brandis to bleed out. And Maywees would go in there every 15 minutes to see how close to death Brandis was. 
Mai Wee Sen decided it was time to slice Brandis's throat and hang him on a meat hook. Brandis, it is quarter past eight now. I'm going to take you downstairs and I'm going to hang you on the hook because this is just taking far too long. <laughs> the whole video that captured this was four hours long. Oh, they recorded the whole thing? Yes. Brandis's body was consumed over a period of 10 months. Maiwis had, in total, consumed 44 pounds of flesh. And presumably he said that it tastes like pork. 10 months. Do you think he ate it every day for 10 months? Or was it like a special Sunday dinner or like... Whenever the mood struck, I guess. Whenever he felt lonely. The arrest. Maiwis was arrested on December in December... 2002, when Maiwis had posted an ad that included, I had a fantasy, and in the end, I fulfilled it. An Austrian student saw this and alerted the police. Maiwis was the first cannibal case Germany has ever seen. He shared with the court that it was Brandy's who had wanted to die in the manner that he did, stabbed and dismembered after downing a bottle of cough syrup. That's how he wanted to go. He also said, With every piece of flesh I ate, I remembered him. I always wanted someone to be part of me. He also believes that Brandis's English-speaking skills was passed on to him this way. Okay. Yeah. Like as a sort of like osmosis, I guess. Well, he absorbed him, so he absorbed his knowledge of the English language, right? I, yeah. That, that, that's what he said. Makes perfect sense. There is no law against cannibalism in Germany, but the decision was made that he should serve a prison sentence because he was deemed just too dangerous to not be in prison. Yeah. Maiwis was charged for manslaughter at the age of 42 on January 30th, 2004. In April of 2005, his conviction was overturned for a murder conviction that would keep him in prison for life as this was all done for sexual gratification. Maiwis has stated, if I hadn't been so stupid as to keep looking on the internet, I would have taken my secret to the grave. He's now a vegetarian. No way. Yes. So you think it was like, no meat will compare to Brandis? I think maybe it's... His way, because he knows he's not like other people. Yeah. Because when all those website, websites started popping up about cannibalism and all, all this other kind of stuff, he was like an advocate of those kinds of people seeking help and being stopped before they can do anything like he did. And I think... His understanding of like once, like the Pringles ad, once you pop, you can't stop. Right. If a person like that would, if they would start, then then so, they'd go down this road. So for him, like the eating of flesh, like he he can't do that anymore. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So he he's almost kind of a hero at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I, I just usually like when we do these true crime stories, I just end up hating, you know, the murderer naturally. Yeah. But this time it's kind of like, mm, kind of like Ed Gein, where he's like, oh, it was just like, you know, kind of simple. Misunderstood. Yeah. But not, not of this world, kind of. If this guy actually went and kind of, like you said, became an advocate for... Like, I guess, cannibal helplines almost, right? <laughs> yeah, he was like, you know, these people need help. Yeah, like, so assuming then that these websites that you go on to, to, you know, get your cannibal fantasies or whatever read out and they they would have, like, the little ads on the side of the page maybe for, you know, the crisis centers or something. Mm. And if not, then they should. And I hope that they're listening because, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so... If you get any inclinations to eat somebody, just go go vegan. Or talk to us. Tell us about it. Yeah, and then, then we'll go vegan. Yeah. <laughs> go we could all go vegan together. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my story. Right on. 
Uh, my sources are Wikipedia, BBC News, NBC, and The Age. The Age. Right on. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, my story this week, we're going back to Canada just because it's great. Yeah. And we're going to do the Carlton County Jail, otherwise known as the High Ottawa Jail Hospital. No, hostel. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pump you full of history. It was built in 1862 next door to the courthouse to which it was connected with a, uh, via tunnel. It remained open until 1972, so that's 110 years of Jalen. That's what I have written here. It's three and a half stories, or seven stories, or nine stories. I'm, I, th- I think it's nine. I think it's three and a half stories, but there's nine floors. So, how does that work? Basically, like so, there's a basement. Mm-hmm. So I'm st- I'm still confused about the ninth floor because I thought the eighth floor was the top floor. Yeah. But then as I read further, other things said ninth floor. So I'm not really sure. But the layout of it is there's a large section. Uh-huh. And then there's kind of like, you know, where there would be a landing for the stairs to go up. Like rather than the stairs just going straight up the stairs, like to the next floor, it goes up halfway. Oh, so like, the, then there's like a room. the floors are just like not as tall? No, no, no. Like they're, they're complete floors. But say on the right-hand side, you have the main jail. And then you go up half the stairs and there's a smaller room, which I'm assuming was once, you know, used by the wardens and stuff. Okay. And then you go up the other half stairs and you're back onto a, a normal-sized floor. On the, it's like full of mezzanine levels, basically. Okay. I'm not doing a very good job explaining it. but When you said jail, I kind of got the gist of it. Because they do, like, I remember watching that TV show, Jailbirds, I think it was, where it's, like, one whole level that has several floors. Yeah, it's just lots yeah. of, yeah. So, at the time it was built, it was considered to be roomy, well-ventilated, heated. Um, it was to mark a new type of criminal justice system. Prison was no longer a place for punishment, but for reformation. This place was going to provide safe housing for any criminals that ended up there, as well as the tools and resources for them to better themselves. There were individual cells to keep those who might have a corrupting influence on others separate from each other. So, you know, they weren't going to be forced into like some pig pen with a load of worse criminals. It held men, women and children whose offences were vastly ranged from disorderly conduct disorderly conduct mental illness concealment of birth theft murder vagrancy debt and being poor what the fuck yep a quote from a report of the board of inspectors of asylums prisons and hospitals in 1863 says the total number of prisoners last year in the new jail was 232 as against 416 in the year 1861 in the old jail. So apparently prisoners of the time, you know, knew not to get caught now. Yeah. Because in their own words, they all much preferred the old jails. Hmm. So this temple of criminal reformation seemed to be doing its job in some way or another. Mm-hmm. The activities of the inmates were chopping wood, clearing snow... And that was it. What? Yep. And all right. You know, there's not much snow in summertime, so I can't. Just chopped a lot of wood. Yeah, but then like, how much wood can you chop? 
I mean, I don't know. I get maybe they planted trees for there to be wood to chop. Honestly, I don't. I'm sure they burnt a lot of wood, like you know, back then for the ovens and shit. But anyway, um, who would have thought? Like a, a criminal's worst fear is chopping wood, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh no, I'd rather be on my best behavior." Well, apparently, it was only the lucky ones that got chosen to go outside and do Chop these chores. The wood. Okay. The cells themselves were three by nine. So that's three feet by nine feet, which is three. I'm I'm showing Dulce with my hands. Obviously, you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, three feet by nine feet. That's not very big. There were 60 cells. That's what she said. There were 60 cells that, that size. There were 30 large cells and there was also six solitary cells. These dimensions are ridiculous. Yeah, but remember, this is, you know, a new type of There's like a beehive. This is for reform. Okay. So what I said earlier about, you know, it being well ventilated and heated and all that. How the fuck was that well ventilated? It was a lie. Oh. There was no heating. No electricity, oh, so no lights. So they cooked no in toilets. There. Oh. And no glass in the windows. In Ottawa, where according to weather-ca.co, I'm sure that was supposed to be .com, the average high temperature in January is six de- minus six degrees Celsius or twenty-one Fahrenheit. <whistles> the average lows being minus fifteen or five and a half Fahrenheit. Fuck. But in summertime, the temperature can be up in the 30s or in the 90s Fahrenheit. Damn. And these cells were essentially built like pizza ovens. So these people froze. And cooked. And cooked. And froze and cooked. Yeah. In these 60 small cells, 30 large cells and 6 solitary cells, so that's a total of 96 and bearing in mind the solitary cells were kept solitary, there were up to 150 prisoners. Yeah. How the fuck? So in these little three by nine cells, there could be two people at any time. Yeah. Death row was on the top floor. I have that written in my notes, but now I'm not sure because of this mysterious ninth floor. The gallows were also situated up here. So I think there was four cells up there, right? How they kill their prisoners? The gallows. Oh. Like they would be hung. Okay. From this top floor. Damn. Or what I'm presuming was the top floor. The eighth floor, anyway. Whatever so, the top floor was, I get yeah. it. So the prisoners would have the noose placed around their neck. And obviously it would be tied to whatever beam. And they had like... Well, they still have. You can still see it to this day. Almost like little barn doors that could be opened. Um, so public could view it and then there was a little foot operated lever that would just open a trap door beneath them so in the prison today there's a little uh door blocking you from going out but it's almost like a little outhouse built off the prison and that's where they would be hung there were only three official executions however two are still contested to this day and the last one took place on March 27th, 1946. But the one that we're going to talk about right now was in 1960, Patrick J. Whelan was hung for the murder of Thomas Darcy McGee. Now, they're two very Irish names. Mm. So Thomas Darcy McGee had helped to organize a peasant revolution in Ireland against the British years earlier and had escaped to America. So he was over there, you know, doing his thing, what most of the poor Irish wanted and needed at the time. Get the Brits out. And anyway, when he became a wanted man, he escaped to America, where he totally changed his views on democracy and decided that everyone needed to pledge allegiance to the British and to the Protestant church. What? Yeah. Huh. All right. So anyway, he was shot through the neck. (laughs) which is just fucking gruesome, in Ottawa by an unknown assassin with no witnesses. But naturally, they assumed it was one of many Fenian allies who were living in Ottawa at the time. So the Fenian Brotherhood was an Irish Republican group 
who wanted to get the Brits out. Basically, they were like before the IRA was the IRA. There was like all these other groups, the Irish Republican Brotherhood, and the Fenians started in America, but they were all for the same cause: get the Brits out. So anyway, that evening, forty people were already arrested to do with this assassination. They were all just Irish immigrants. Mm-hmm. But poor old Paddy Whelan mm-hmm. was said to have a Fenian newsletter in his jacket pocket and a pistol. So they pinned it on him. That is all. All it took. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they, they, he was their scapegoat. You know what I mean? They were like, fuck it. This is him. He's our man. All right. So the he day, got hung. Yeah. And the day he was hung, 5,000 people showed up to watch him being hung. The population of Ottawa at that time was only 10,000. Literally half the fucking city showed up to see this. So Whelan's last words were, God save Ireland and God save my soul. He didn't die on the initial drop and was left dangling for four minutes before he eventually was choked to death. That was the last public execution in Canadian history. And his last wish was that his body be sent back to his family, which were living in Montreal. This man was born in Ireland. Um, but anyway, his family now were... His family grave, sorry, was in Montreal. And that's where he wanted his body buried. Did he make it there? There's an unmarked grave on the property in Ottawa. And they they know for a fact that his body didn't make it back to Montreal. It's assumed that he's buried on the property. So anyway, three official executions, around 150 unmarked graves on the property. And most of these were only found within the last 30 years or or between 30 and 50 years when they were building a new parking lot. Yeah, that's that's how unmarked these graves are. It's not like there was little crosses around. They were completely. That's how unmarked they were. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I read on one little article or blog there were rumors that over a hundred of these bodies were when uncovered showed signs of broken necks so like a shit ton of people got hung that's the general thought yeah yeah and if they weren't hung by the gallows there's a big beam at the top of the staircase that has it's of no structural importance nobody really knows why it's there it's as if it was built and then either it had been there temporarily and just left in place or it was there because it looked nice. Mm. We don't know, but there's definite signs of ropes being tied around it. Mm. And these guards, the prison wardens, do not sound like nice people. So it's assumed, again, it's it's not written down, that people were tied to that beam within the, the jail and just tortured, basically. Mm. Wow, I didn't know Ottawa had a lot of secrets like that. Yeah, apparently. Inmates who were thought to have diseases were put in the basement, which was used for quarantine. Mm -hmm. So they would be left in there for three months uh, in like a a sort of a large hall area. They were there for three months along with all the other diseased inmates. So even if you weren't diseased going in. What did they have? Like they any sort of disease oh, that okay. they thought like at the time probably tuberculosis, smallpox, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so they would go in healthy a lot of them, but obviously get sick because they were surrounded by all these other sick people. Yeah, so I'm assuming the odds of you actually getting out of quarantine were very, very low. slim. Yeah, well alive anyway. Yeah. So the youngest inmate to have committed a cardinal crime was an eight-year-old boy. What, it, what was it? Murder. What? Yeah. I couldn't find the actual story on it. Now, bearing in mind, there was a lot of children in there at the time, similar to the jails in Ireland. Yeah. Where the parents were, you couldn't afford to house them anymore. And they How were just, the fuck did they pin murder on this kid? God only knows. The stairs, like I said, they're a back and forth stairs the mm. whole way up. There, There's little holes drilled into them. Mm-hmm. Like, this thing was like the most modern jail there ever was at the time and the idea with the little holes in the in the stairs was that 
a guard walking up could see whether the feet on the person above them, on the floor above them walking up the stairs, were bare or wearing leather boots. Because the only shoes that the prisoners wore were paper shoes. Or they would go barefoot. These were metal stairs and there was no heating in this building. Yeah. So it's just another fucking thing. Anyway. Like a torture tactic. Almost, yeah, you know. Yeah. The stairs have a metal mesh. Like still to this day, they have this metal mesh. They're called suicide bars. It's an endearing nickname. And basically they're there to catch anyone who happened to not be standing on the stairs anymore. (laughs) During one of the prison riots, apparently the prisoners fucked over one of the guards. And then a number of prisoners either committed suicide or were suicided over the edge of the stairs. But to the point where they said, oh, fuck, we need to like (laughs) put up these this like iron grid to stop this from happening again. The solitary confinement cells were large enough for a person to lie stretched out like a star. They were actually a little bit bigger than that, but that's how people were held in them, stretched out like a star on the ground. There were four eye holes coming out of the ground in each cell because people would be stripped naked, chained face down for up to 23 hours a day. Right, this is how solitary, solitary confinement was. And... Everywhere said, like, they were allowed one hour a day to go and eat and shit in a bucket or do whatever. But odds are, if they had pissed off the guard, they were probably left down there for days. They'd be left lying in their own filth. Well, yeah, because I don't pee once a day. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, anyway. TMI. (laughs) (laughs) So, they'd be left lying in their own filth. And again, in the cold, like, that's... These are concrete fucking floors. Yeah. With the windows right above. You know, Mm -hmm. just I can't even imagine. But anyway, the guards also wouldn't necessarily clean out the cells in between inmates. So say like. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that. Yeah. So say Johnny had five days in solitary shitting and pissing and doing whatever. Then it's Mickey's turn. To lie in that. Yeah. So a severe water. Water. A severe water shortage in eighteen se- in you're the 1870s. You're so Irish. <laughs> a severe water shortage. I, I think it's funny how like sometimes your words come out like that, like country Irish. Yeah, because I don't even talk like that. I normally. know. And then you'll be like, I don't even talk like that. Like exactly how you just said. It's, but I'm concentrating it's, so hard on trying to make everything understandable. Like, but you know? if, if we're... If you're concentrating that hard and it creeps out out of you like that, I'm starting to think that is how you talk. <laughs> <laughs> and you've just been putting up a front this whole time. <laughs> I'm not even Irish. Actually from Uganda. <laughs> anyway, a severe water shortage in the 1870s meant inmates couldn't even bathe if the guards were going to let them anyway. The ceilings in the place are built... They're, okay, the... It's like acoustically perfect. Okay, so the ceilings are called drum ceilings or just arched ceilings. And what this means is no matter where you are on the, in the hallway, if somebody talks, you can hear it. If they whisper in the, in the far corner, you can hear it wherever you are. So this was done purposely so the guards could hear you know, any fucking grumblings going along. Now, ask me where I was on August 29th, 2018. 2018? Yeah. You were in Ireland. No. Right? No. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. In the in the other Canadian episode when I spoke about Bruce MacArthur, I got the dates mixed up. And I was like, in that episode, I'm going, this all seems so familiar to me. Well, you probably... You were either barely, like, only been in Ireland for a little bit, or you were still in Canada. You were last days in Canada. Yeah, it was my last days in Canada. Mm. I was, I spent the night in the Ottawa Jail Hostel. Oh, yeah, On August 29th, 2018. Yeah. And I will post pictures. Oh, is this the same jail we're talking about? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's all coming together. Yeah, this was supposed to be my big reveal. You were supposed to go, oh my God. Oh, uh, sorry. Because <laughs> I remember you spent the night in a hostel, but I don't remember you just describing it to me like that. You were just like, hey, spend the night in a haunted hostel. I'm like, all right, I wouldn't. But I did describe it to you like that. No, you didn't. You, I you did. didn't. You we didn't FaceTimed tell me in there. And we this did. whole fucking. And there's pictures on my Instagram. I spent the night in solitary confinement. Oh, that's where. Oh, yeah. that's where. You, and then you went to the bathroom. Or you didn't want to go to the bathroom. Yeah, literally. I'm going to. I'll get into my experience there later. Okay. I will say also. <laughs> That was anticlimactic yeah, for you. Yeah, <laughs> really. I was like building up to it. I'm sorry. It ruined it. <laughs> so what I will say is I had only heard of this because of And That's Why We Drink. And they covered it, obviously, and that's how. We drink. Or that's why. We drink. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously, like, we've been fans since probably. We've been fans since 2017. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, must have been like November or December. Anyway, so yeah, I had heard about it through that podcast. Yeah. And so I used to travel a lot with work. Not like exotic travel. It was like just different towns around Ontario. And we, I ended up here. So I made them book me into the hostel. But anyway, we're going to get into the spooky shit. Yes. So this was something that I heard on and that's why we drink and i did a little more looking into it because i was like what the fuck is this all about yeah so the vampire of ottawa jail sick yes also before i go on 1972 when it stopped being a jail six months later after a few very slight renovations it became a hostel and yeah as you can probably guess now while renovating the secret staircase which was supposed to connect the jail to the governor slash head warden's residence, contractors found this note. I am a non-veridical vampire who will vanquish you all. One by one, I will ornate your odorous flesh with famished fangs. But who are the 94 or 95 steps to the ninth floor? A book on the top shelf will lead you on the right path. No idea what it means. No idea. Again, I thought there was only eight floors. So then when I read this, I was like, oh, it's just some like, you know, peculiar riddle like left by, you know, an old warden or something like that. Mm -hmm. But after a little bit more research, according to a tour guide from the 90s named Carol Devine, Carol Devine. I'm going to say Devine, Carol Devine. The vampire was described as an entity who tries to push your soul out of your body and that it feeds on the sick. Devine's grandfather had told her about this vampire and two stories related to it. So the first story, a prison warden moves into the governor's residence. Presumably he was promoted to become the head prison warden or governor. So he moves in with his family and he has a little boy who is uh, eight years old. Typical little boy happy-go-lucky, you know, active, loving child. But they lived there for three years. And they said, like, one day, he just stopped being this happy little boy. He became severely depressed and just, like, mopey and, you know, wasn't himself anymore. Oh, and also developed a crippling fear of the dark. So, nobody knows what happened to him or anything, but the prisoners at the time believed that it was the work of this vampire who fed on the health and energy of its host rather than blood. So I think they're called psychic vampires, right? Correct. And there's multiple reports of this just dark entity, like from the prisoners, supposedly, you know, it's one of those like urban legend things, but the prisoners would talk of just like this dark ominous energy that would just like show up. So the second story regarding the vampire of Ottawa jail took place in 1994. It's pretty recent. When two young men were staying overnight in the governor's quarters. One night, Devine said, one of the men retired early. He awoke suddenly to see a shadow standing in the doorway. He turned the light on, but the bulb shattered. 
The shadow quickly skirted across the room and disappeared in the corner where a set of lockers stood. Workers later discovered a secret passage right where the shadow had vanished. So I don't know where they're getting all these secret passages and all from, but there's definitely tunnels underneath it, you know, so it's not like too far-fetched to think. Anyway, along with this like fucking bizarre vampire riddle and whatever, one of the main ghosts, the most commonly seen ghosts anyway, is that of Patrick Whelan, who was hung in eighteen sixty. And he's said to visit guests in their room at night holding his Bible. And there's like many reports of just him with his hands in his head. It always seems to be showing up sitting on the foot of someone's bed though. Or standing at the foot of their bed. Which if you're in one of these cells there's nowhere else for you to stand. Yeah. So again. But that's creepy though because it's so small. It's not like, um, oh, he's like way over there at the end of the bed. It's like, no, he's right fucking there. Yeah, he is at your in my toes. Face. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Usual shit with like haunted places. But there seems to be a lot of um, disembodied voices mm-hmm. all saying the same thing. Stuff like, I'm stuck here. Help me. Literally like, I didn't do it. It's a place of anguish. Yeah. A lot of stink. And so the thing with Whelan is, like, you know, his body was buried on the property, supposedly. Definitely wasn't buried in his family plot, which was his dying wish. Mm -hmm. And it's almost a sure thing that he didn't do that crime. Like, he was still pleading his innocence the day he was hanged. Yeah. They have pictures of him, Whelan, in the hostel. And one of them, no matter what the staff do, they cannot keep it on the wall. It just falls. Apparently they've tried, like, obviously nails, glue, even Velcro at one stage. (laughs) Or, like, anything keeps falling off the wall. Oh, apparently a judge had actually agreed to send his body to Montreal. But, you know, after the execution, that that didn't happen. But apparently, Whelan had warned before his death that because he was innocent, no grass would ever grow on his grave. And... There is no grass on the property's parking lot or yards. And according to one Leonard Belcher, not Belcher. Is he of the Wonder Wharf Belchers? <laughs> not of the Wonder Wharf Belchers. No, so this guy is from a tour group, tour guide, tour guide, tour walking tour group <laughs> called The Haunted Walk. And I followed them on Instagram for a long time. They didn't get back to me when I asked them to about this but um anyway they're like they have the monopoly it seems on like all walking tours across ontario anyway so leonard belcher says a few years ago a couple of students on a tour of the jail believed they could find the spot where whelan was buried and they started jumping up and down in the parking lot where they assumed his body was taunting whelan's ghost at exactly the same moment Both boys were struck with profound nosebleeds. The boys learned their lesson and they never jumped on a man's grave again. What's a profound nosebleed? Just, I'm assuming blood fucking everywhere. This is like Mm. if Rob Zombie did nosebleeds. Okay. Or Quentin Tarantino, even better. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, that's go down Mr. Whelan. So, when you said Quentin Tarantino, I thought nosebleeds with feet? How did he? What? Because he has a foot fetish. Oh, he does? Yeah, like oh, a I big one. I don't actually know that much about him. Yeah. And apparently he really loves Uma Thurman's feet. Makes sense because the only scene from Kill Bill that I've seen is that one where she's just staring at her feet. Yeah. And he, I think he has like a wall of women's shoes. Because he's just really into feet and heels. All right. Yeah. So other activity that's, you know, <laughs> commonly reported like that, that seems to be all like the, the wheel and stuff. People still hear chains dragging, moving, chains being chains, like <laughs> randomly. <laughs> Behaving as chains yeah. do. Doors slamming in the middle of the night, random knocking sounds. Apparently children seeing other children is quite common. One woman, I didn't get this whole story because like... 
a lot of the articles didn't go into detail. They just said, this is what happens, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, a young woman seeing another woman through a mirror. So when she looked in the mirror, there was somebody else there. And, you know, typical vampire shit, I would assume. Four German visitors to the hostel ridiculing the haunted claims. So these four German dudes spent the night in the hostel. Then the next morning they came down complaining that this place isn't haunted. We want our money back. And the people on the desk were like, it's a fucking hostel. Like, we're operating a business. Like, it, we're, you know, like we can't guarantee anything. As they stand there arguing, uh, the cash register opens up of its own accord and a coin floats up through the air and just hovers there for about four or five seconds and then drops. And supposedly the Germans grab all their bags and they run. So these are four things, or these are some things that are told by the Haunted Walk company. One of these facts is not true they say but if you guess which one is not true correctly on the tour then you win a prize so i don't know what the answer is because i haven't had a chance to do the tour but i'm guessing that it's the german refund story but you're gonna have to do the tour to find out so yep all right there's tons of reports of crying random screams like i said like disembodied voices in the lounge area which used to be where the women and children were held. I read on another one that they were held elsewhere, so, you know, whatever. Either way, lots of random fucking voices where there shouldn't be voices. There was a big, heavy iron gate on the 8th floor. The the place is full of the original iron gates, but this particular one they actually had to change because it kept slamming, but only when people were near it. So people would almost get their hand caught in the fucking gate. Oh, shit. Yeah, like they literally had to swap it out for a light wooden door as a matter of it, like because it was a safety concern. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. So ghostwatch.net has a video from their um, investigation in the place and they just left the camera run in one of the corridors. And as it's running, you just see a window open up. Perfectly normal and then slowly closes again but it slammed shut hard enough that they actually heard it in whatever room that they were investigating in remember like sound travels really well in this place so they came down looked at the footage saw what happened and were like oh shit opened the window up left the recorder or left the, the camera rolling and about an hour later you just see it slowly getting pushed closed again now they said like that they verified it with wind tunnel specialists whatever the fuck that is um, the second time it happened, they didn't hear it, but they had left a geophone, which just, uh, what's the word? It detects like seismic activity. Any sort of movement at all, this thing will pick it up and it recorded it. Apparently, there was a priest who was murdered by the inmates. Yeah, supposedly thrown over these stairs. The suicide stairs. Yeah. So I don't know about that, but there's reports of people seeing a priest walking past the cells in the middle of the night. Whoa. Yeah. Which I was also thinking like, well, that's just a big black robe. You know, maybe it's the vampire or, you know, anything like. Yeah. There, I did watch a YouTube video and you hear somebody laughing as they're like, they're just taking the tour like regular people. And you just hear this maniacal laughing in the background. It was like almost too good to be true. But look it up, be the judge, like be your own judge or whatever. Okay. So when I was there. Basically, I was working and we had to spend an extra night there and the hotel that we were like the holiday in or whatever that we were staying in was booked up. So we needed to book a new one. And I was like, please book me in here. So we did. But I used to work really long hours, remember? So I would be, I don't know, I only got to the hostel like after 10 o'clock and they had booked me a room in the solitary confinement because some of the other rooms are... uh, you can either stay in a single cell, which is the three by nine room, or you can stay in like a proper little dormitory with like five or six other people. So my boss just booked because it just says double room. He didn't know that it was actually fucking solitary environment. Like, so anyway, I got like settled up. Sorry, settled down in the room, and then we were on Facetime, and I was like, "This place is so fucking spooky." 
Yeah, I remember you telling me about Lights Out. Yeah, but before that, remember we were like, oh, let's go and explore. So I had you on the camera, like, facing forward. And I was just walking up these stairs. And there was loads of, like, historical stuff, but nothing was lit up. Apparently they do a tour every night in the jail. I'd obviously missed it or whatever. So nothing was really lit up. And I get all the way up to the top floor. And this corridor is lit up. But then there's this big heavy door and I go in there and there's no lights, nothing other than the exit sign at the other side. And you were like, go through it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> but genuinely, like I was terrified because it was pitch, pitch dark. There was like the tiniest amount of light coming in from like the the few little windows. Like how Spongebob would say, advanced darkness. Yes. <laughs> and to my left were these cells, which I didn't know at the time were the death row cells. Mm. But it was so dark that I could barely see the bars, you know, like the reflection of the bars. So the whole way down in my head, I can just picture all these people just looking out of uh. these. Because the, the walls are white. So you can see like where the cells were. Shit bricks. Then I got down to the end and I think I can't remember. But anyway, nothing fucking happened. That's I will preface this. Nothing actually spooky happened to me that night. I'm such an asshole. Why did I make you walk through there? Well, no, I'm really glad because uh, otherwise I would have just been sat in my room. But anyway, so I did like, you know, a little walking around, whatever. But like had to be up at six o'clock the next day. So I went back down to my room and, you know, went to the found the, the washrooms and all that. Because it is a hostel, so there's no toilet in your room. Because they are literally the original cells, just with an extra, slightly more comfortable bed in it. And, like, the eye bolts for where they would strap the people down are still there. Like, I had those in my room. The original doors are still in the rooms. Um, They've put nice, like, wooden doors in front of them. So you have more privacy. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sitting in my bed, and I can hear there's, like, a couple next door to me. And I can hear every fucking word they're saying. Like every like if they farted, I would have heard it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what were they saying? I don't fucking know. But I was like, oh, here we go. Like these these guys are going to be, you know. Up all night. Yeah. Like they're a couple on vacation, I'm assuming. Probably going to be going at it. Or maybe they hate each other. Maybe. Well, in that case, they would have been arguing all night. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 11 o'clock comes around and just boom, all the lights go off. Except, like, obviously the little light in my room. But I was sitting in the room with the light off because I had the light coming through the door. Like, the gaps in the door was just enough. And I had my iPad set up. And then they turned off those lights. And I could not see my hand in front of my face. It was so uncomfortable. So, straight away, I had my light on. And I had my iPad set up. And I spent most of the night watching The Office. I would fall asleep for, like, 15 or 20 minutes. And then I would wake up. And I'd have to like shine my torch around to make sure there was no one standing by me. Like I kept thinking there was someone in this tiny little cell with me. You know, like you were saying, like I think that was the worst part of it was just it was so compact that if there was someone in that room, they were right fucking beside you. And I hadn't listened to the episode of the podcast where I had learned about it like recently up until then and I didn't do it the night before because I wanted to have my own experiences and stuff like that but yeah I just kept getting the impression that there was someone in that room with me now completely freaking myself out like I'm not saying there was or anything I'm as sensitive as a fucking plank of wood but shit breaks all night long didn't get any sleep about four o'clock I really had to pee and I just wouldn't leave the room I was like no I'm holding it fuck it because I knew like I had to walk down past cells that didn't even have beds in them pat into the weird little fucking church area and then so no i just held my pee until the sun <laughs> came up i was in pain didn't sleep a fucking wink anyway when i was checking out i was talking to the girl she was like a young college student apparently the college is nearby so they get a lot of college students and i was like so look like tell me like, have you had any weird experiences or whatever? And she was like, nah, like, I don't think this place is really haunted kind of thing. 
Sometimes when I'm sitting here, though, someone touches me on the shoulder, like, to get my attention. Like, they'll just, like, kind of grab my shoulder or, like, pull my hair. I was like, <laughs> How haunted does a place have to be for her to be like, oh, yeah, it's haunted, I wonder. Yeah, right, because she was the only staff on, like, the whole night, you yeah. know what I mean, on her own. So she's sitting there, and, like, someone will, like, just touch her back or whatever. I think she heard, said, like, she'll hear, like, people walking around and all. Because they're supposed to be, like, you know, heavy boot steps and stuff that you hear. And I was like, oh, that's okay. Like, and I was kind of like paying or whatever and like getting ready to head out. She goes, oh, and one time this lady checked out because she just kept saying that her child kept asking over and over again. But why are their eyes up there, mom? <laughs> yeah. Fucking so hell. I can't remember what way she said it was. Actually- <laughs> when you say that, I thought about uh, Dracula. With Bella Lugosi yeah, and how yeah, they like literally. do the whole light to the guy's eyes, and he's he's like staring intensely. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see my Bella Lugosi impression, but it's spot on. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this little girl or this little child just kept asking the mom, like the whole time that they were there. Just, but why are their eyes up there, mom? Not even like, uh, why are they looking at us? Yeah. Or who is that or anything? Just why are their eyes up there? Yeah. That stuck with me. I was like, and this girl still didn't think the place was like, even that hot. I was like, no. <laughs> so anyway. So did you ever hear, like, did the couple next to you go to sleep when the lights went out? When those lights went out, nothing. Nobody even breathed after that. I swear to God, you could have heard a pin drop. That was crazy. They're yeah. probably just as scared as you were. That's exactly what I, I think that even made it worse then because it was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> A collective fear. Yeah, yeah. You didn't hear like. <laughs> Literally, I was even expecting, you know, like to hear the bed squeaks. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Nothing. Or <laughs> It makes me think of that Bob's Burgers episode where Gene samples his grandparents having sex in the other room. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was expecting. But no, literally. <laughs> not a peep from anyone and like the it was a busy hostel there was a lot of people staying there mm. not a thing anyway oh i'll read out the sources that i didn't mention actually oh yeah and the listener story and the listener story the listener story so my sources wikipedia which actually didn't have a lot of information at all mm. dangerousbusiness.com hauntedplacestogo.com highhostels.ca westcountrybumpkin.wordpress.com montrealparanormal.com and mysteriesofcanada.com and that mysteriesofcanada.com was in regards to the vampire of Ottawa jail which actually came out of a book called Haunted Canada which I actually have somewhere in one of those fucking boxes definitely worth getting it but yeah, now it's listen to story time. Nice. <laughs> Do it again. I'm going to breathe like this. I'm going to edit it all out there. No. All right. It still says turn to read the listener story. Oh, and this week's listener's story is from our instagram friend uh bigfoot anonymous just search bigfoot anonymous on instagram you'll find their page we will hopefully be having an interview with them in an episode either next month or early in the new year all right y'all here we go my friend's mom worked at the florida state hospital in chattahoochee does that ring a bell Keep reading. Keep reading. It was originally named the Florida State Hospital for the Insane. The place was known for extreme conditions, cruel experiments, and violent inmates. One nurse was tragically murdered and stuffed in an ice chest. The criminals pummeled her in the elevator and she never had a chance. There was a movie based on the hospital. Gary Oldman stars in the film and portrays a suicidal war veteran that is forced into custody. The place eats him alive, 
and it shows how dark human nature can truly turn. Where do you turn when the place that is supposed to help you hurts you? My friend said his mom mentioned the magic man. It was one of the inmates. She believed he was possessed by the devil, so she refused to even look at him. He was known to get inside the staff's mind and was able to make things levitate. He drove the other inmates mad and needed special treatment. She believed many of the crazies had demons inside of them. The Ochisi Pond wild man was also brought to the hospital after he was captured in the 1800s. They kept the Bigfoot for years and thought he was an escaped lunatic from an asylum. He died a couple years later and is still buried on the grounds. Some branches are completely abandoned and visitors say they are haunted. Famous axe murderer Victor Lakata was held on the grounds. The Florida Fox also spent some time in the hospital after being on America's most wanted list. But many of the names on the warden's list are just as evil. The grounds are not far from the Dossier School of Boys, School for Boys. They have found many skeletons there, and sadly, there are plenty of reports of the children being mistreated and killed. Something was very wrong in this region for too long. I like the way that was written. But the Victor Lakata in the Chattahoochee, Victor Lakata in the Chattahoochee, fucking state hospital or whatever. Victor Lakata with an axe. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, Chattahoochee didn't ring a bell, but Victor Lakata, yeah. And when you did that voice, <laughs> it registered with me. I'm it, Victor Lakata. I'm here at Chattahoochee River. <laughs> it resonated with me. But yeah, so that's why I was like, oh my God, that's why it sounded so familiar. Like, I was just, I remember giggling at the name, but yeah, so that was from uh, Bigfoot Anonymous. And uh, yeah, check out their, their Instagram. It's full of like pretty cool, like just Bigfoot oriented shit. And yeah, like I said, we're going to have them on hopefully either next month or in the new year. And yeah, that's that. So thank you very much for sending in that. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much. Listener story. Okay. Happy weekly creep, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy. Happy Thursday. Happy, oh, happy Friday. Happy Friday, y'all. You know, just, yeah. just enjoy yourself, you know. All right. Just don't eat your neighbors or the people that you meet on Tinder. And if you're going to kill and cook somebody. If you're thinking about it, let don't us know. Don't overcook it. Talk to us about it first. Okay. Uh, make sure to follow us on all the stuff. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Not so much, but we're there if you want. Also wanted to say thanks to Real Life Ghost Stories. I was chatting to Emma from them. And also binge listening to their show because it's very good. Yeah, it and is. they gave us a shout out on their Facebook. And so I think we've got some new listeners thanks to them. Yep. So welcome all listeners, new and old. Welcome and to your new home. Yes. You're going to hear our lovely voices every week. Um, la, 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 la. Send your spooky stories to weeklycreep at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Weekly Creep. Do whatever. Reach out to us on there. We love hearing from you all. And yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all next week. All right. Bye. Bye.